Hi, wherever you're listening to me, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's Tech Briefing. In this program, when we started Saksha, which was in 2017, there was a lot of convergence of different industries. You know, cloud computing costs were falling. The availability of uh, data from space was tremendously high. And on top of it, uh, the, the maturity of the AI ML industry was, uh, uh, was increasing like every month. That's after these headlines. The US and China made a surprise joint announcement yesterday at the ongoing COP26 UN Climate Summit, pledging to work together to find concrete measures to combat climate change, Bloomberg reports. The two sides agreed to accelerate their efforts to cut emissions, including methane gas, and curb illegal deforestation, China's special climate envoy Xi Zhenzhou told reporters, according to Bloomberg. The world's two biggest superpowers will establish a working group which will meet in the first half of next year to increase action in the 2020s, a crucial decade. Rivian Automotive, an electric pickup truck and SUV maker backed by Amazon and Ford Motor, yesterday raised $11.9 billion in the biggest US IPO this year. The strong listing also valued the company at about $100 billion, taking its market capital higher than Ford. The company, started in 2009 by RJ Scaring, has beaten rivals including Ford and General Motors to design and make a pickup truck and is due to start rolling out its sports utility vehicle in December and a delivery van in 2023, the BBC reports. Amazon will be the first to buy the delivery vans. In more IPO news, here in India, FSN e-commerce ventures, more popularly known for its online beauty and fashion brand Nike, made a spectacular debut in Mumbai yesterday, making its founder, Falguni Nair, the wealthiest self-made billionaire woman in the country. Nike's shares opened at 2,001 rupees on the Bombay Stock Exchange, which was a 79% premium on the issue price of 1,125 rupees, according to Money Control. The listing valued the online beauty and fashion business at more than 1 trillion rupees, or about 13.4 billion dollars. The European General Court, the EU's second highest court, upheld a 2.4 billion euro or 2.7 billion dollar antitrust fine against Google's parent company Alphabet for anti-competitive behavior, rejecting the internet giant's appeal against the 2017 fine. The court ruled that Google abused its dominance in online search to illegally promote its own shopping comparison service over rivals and upheld the EU's fine, Courthouse News Service reports. In 2017, the European Commission, the EU's executive body, slapped the fine on Google for breaching antitrust regulations following a seven-year investigation. Twitter is putting together a team to build crypto, blockchain and other decentralized technologies. Tess Rainier's son, the engineer who's joined the company to lead the team, tweeted yesterday. Twitter Crypto will serve as a center of excellence for all things blockchain, Renierson said. To start with, the team will look into how Twitter can support the growing interest among creators to use decentralized apps and virtual goods and currencies. Twitter is hiring for roles in engineering and product development in this team. 
Pratip Basu was an ISRO engineer for a few years before turning entrepreneur with Satsure, the satellite services company he co-founded. In today's interview, Pratip gives us a quick update on the company's efforts thus far in building a decision intelligence platform for multiple sectors that uses satellite data. Here's more from our conversation. Uh, Pratip, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for making time for this. Uh, Satsure, of course, in the space tech uh, startup scene is uh, a well-known startup now. Uh, for folks who are not familiar with your work, uh, to get us going, maybe uh, Pratip, you could give us a brief background about yourself. I know you have been an ISRO scientist for a few years, but uh, please tell us about yourself a bit and we'll go from there. Well, thank you so much, Harry, for uh, inviting uh, inviting Satsure to your podcast. Uh, my uh, background uh, is, is primarily into the space uh, sector. I am an aerospace engineer uh, from Indian Institute of Space Science and Technology. Uh, this institute was set up uh, by ISRO in 2007. And, uh, to, to the aim of this institute was to cater to manpower uh, for the Indian space program. But as it happened, as the institute grew, uh, more and more people uh, from other people uh, joined ISRO. Uh, a lot of uh, folks also went out of ISRO and they are in different parts of the world today. Uh, and that's also how uh, I, after my brief stint uh, at Satish Dawad Space Center, Sri Hari uh, left to do my master's in, in France. That was in space studies uh, from International Space University in Strasbourg. And uh, then uh, joined a consulting firm called uh, Sky Research instead of Boston. Uh, it was at uh, it was at NSA where uh, I kind of uh, had the good uh, good luck of uh, interacting with a lot of these new space uh, startups uh, which were emerging in the Bay Area, uh, US. And uh, therein I kind of figured that uh, it's very much possible for us to have something much more relevant uh, business which is user space technology but is deeply rooted to solve the problems in our part of the world, which is in India. That's how Factual was born. And uh, yeah, we, we started in 2017 and it's been a four-year journey for us. Okay. Uh, tell us also a little bit about uh, what specifically triggered the idea behind Satsure for all of you. So uh, it was it was not like one incident or something which triggered. Uh, the entire idea of Satsure has evolved uh, over the uh, first one year when we were... Uh, basically having just a vague idea that you know we need to uh, do we need to use data from space for uh, solving problems that are uh, you know that are, that are deeply rooted in our uh, society for example the entire aspect of uh, improving the financial uh, inclusion improving the insurance coverage improving the advising to uh, to farmers for example providing climate resiliency because climate all of these things are very interconnected you know cl- the impact of climate change on people impact of climate change on businesses uh and uh, uh, everyone knows that uh, how data is transforming today uh decision making so for us that way concept then kind of metamorphed it to what today is uh, Satsure, uh, where uh, you know we are primarily focused on providing banks and insurance co- uh, companies with uh, risk assessment tools that improve their decision making in lending, uh, in, in uh, making their connections, in uh, improving their underwriting, uh, covering more areas because they can price the risk and also improving the, uh, the the speed and the transparency with which they can do the claims verification 
uh, entirely in this uh, you know digital uh, world when you started uh, satsure um, commercially what was your first minimum viable product or service that you came up with uh, what did it do so the first minimal viable product that we had was a basic dashboard uh, which was uh, representing uh, certain insights on on map it was like uh, you know a live google map kind of a thing and uh, the reason uh, we had to build this was because uh, people have to visualize what they are seeing right so uh, that kind of uh, grew into how this insight has to be pushed into certain workflows depending on you know, uh, the kind of client that we have from a bank insurance perspective from a government perspective and uh, uh, that mvp uh, of a basic web dashboard uh, was what has evolved into a product suite uh, of uh, three different lives for us mm. tell us about uh, this product suite i mean i i did briefly uh, read up on your website you have talked about satsure sparta and cygnus uh, are these the products that you have developed and how are they used right so uh we have essentially three product lines uh of which sparta is the satsha sparta is the data engine uh on which satsha sage and satsha skies are running now uh signus that you have read on the website is it's a service available through sparta it's not a separate product uh i'll just give a quick introduction of what all of these things are so sparta as a data engine uh was something which we had internally developed and were using to automate and scale the uh data processing the space data processing for a while so it is only recently that we provided uh the a front end to that data engine the back end engine and made uh it open for uh, people to come and access so sparta today runs on a freemium model uh, where people can get analysis ready data sets on climate agriculture uh, and infrastructure data sets uh, uh, and and the concept of sparta is that uh, there should be very minimal friction to adopt geospatial uh, uh, insights uh, into different different businesses we have to go beyond uh, the the preliminary bssi industry that uh, we are targeting into more uh, spaces like fncg retail etc now uh, satsha sage and satsha uh, skies are two uh, unique different products uh, the sage product is uh, uh, targeted towards banks and insurance companies where the banks are using uh, the product uh, which is today a combination of uh, contextualized uh web dashboards mobile applications and api suite uh, with predictive analytics uh, which are uh, built on uh, uh, built to provide uh, uh risk assessment uh, at a farm level in the agriculture sector uh, and uh, uh, not only just uh, under understand the uh, underlying asset risk but also monitor the risk over the lifetime of their product which is a loan product or insurance product uh, so essentially what we are doing is uh, informing the banks and insurance companies continuously of where the sowing has happened or where it is going to happen how which crop has been sown how much area it is uh, what is the production estimated what stage the crop is when let's say it claims insurance claim pay things like that whereas the satsha skies product is exactly the same workflow but meant from infrastructure uh, side meaning that we are not only looking at crops and vegetation from satellites we are also looking at building sports etc so whatever i said changes across time but push it into uh, uh, again 
uh, a banking insurance workflow that uh, here you are looking at uh, buildings that are coming up, roads that are coming up, some damage that has happened to some kind of critical infrastructure like dams, etc., which can be monitored through this uh, web tax tools uh, and uh, reported digitally through our uh, mobile app suite. Mm. Uh, you've talked about uh, dashboards, uh, APIs, uh, predictive analytics software. Uh, overall, give us a sense of the core technology that you've built. Yes, the core technology that we have built uh, are uh, the proprietary algorithms to uh, analyze more data from space. Uh, and uh, we have indeed filed a total of six patents in the last one year. So we are expecting to receive a few sometime in the next six months. And uh, those are pertaining to uh, how to fuse, uh, first, how to transform it or engineer the data, how to fuse it with non-space data like IoT, publicly available data sets, how to then uh, make relevant predictions which are impacting the business decisions like giving a loan or taking you having you know a verified claim and all of this put together forms the core part of our technology it's all purely built on software the analytical models however there is one step that we are taking uh, further in in uh, expanding our technology domain so earlier this year we announced our fleet of uh, earth observation satellites where we ourselves are uh, designing uh, the payload, uh, which is to be put into low Earth orbit. So we, we will have an RFP released for satellite uh, companies to, uh, who will meet the requirement of hosting this payload on the satellite platforms and launch it for us in 2023. So that way, we will then end up owning the entire data value chain, the data source, the data engine, and the software. Mm. So uh, your hardware will go on another company's uh, satellite uh, and you're designing and uh, manufacturing uh, your payload, but it will be part of another satellite and that could even be another satellite startup. Uh, yes. Can you tell us a bit about this? Yes. So uh, the thing is the space industry is, is quite huge <laughs> from starting from satellite manufacturers, launch providers to even data uh, uh, users and data analytics providers like us. So see, uh, we have evaluated few companies, Indian as well as uh, uh, outside of India, who are providing what we call a satellite as a service. So today, satellite building is commoditized. We don't really want to get into building each and every component of a satellite. That's why we are building the payload. The payload is built bottoms up from the requirements of the business here. And we are uh, we have built an RFP which has been sent to uh, people already. Uh, we can't name the people. A uh, couple of them are Indian companies, uh, uh, three, four of them are European companies. Uh, and, uh, you know, whoever is able to meet our uh, uh, payload, mass, power, uh, budget, as well as schedule, uh, we will uh, basically work with them. Now, the end ownership of the satellite will be with us only. So, we are going to spend a few million dollars on doing the uh, launch, etc. But we are simply skipping the uh, time to build our own satellite by leveraging the ecosystem of satellite companies. Uh, tell us also about how your solutions uh, overcome uh, problems with uh, conventional methods that have been employed uh, in using satellite data in different sectors. Right. So one of the key things uh, to understand is satellite data has been there forever, like since 1960s. But there were multiple problems uh, of uh, analyzing the uh, satellite data. One was size of the data sets are big. 
So, uh, you know, doing very large scale processing was uh, difficult simply on work machines. Number two, uh, because you are essentially doing image processing and image classification, right? So you need uh, you need to have uh, uh, a lot of training data to uh, to be able to move to AI ML methods of uh, uh, doing such uh, image classification with a more with more accuracy and also without loss of accuracy at scale. So what when we started Saksha, which was in 2017, there was a lot of convergence of different industries. You know, cloud computing costs were falling. The availability of uh, data from space was tremendously high. And on top of it, uh, the, the maturity of the AI ML industry was uh, uh, was increasing like every month. So we kind of uh, had, I would say, a right timing to start this because we essentially built uh, we essentially built a cloud native solution uh, solution where we could scale from doing six districts analysis during the MVP time to 150 districts within a matter of year without adding uh, without adding more than uh, five six people in the team and that scalability of the business was impossible just a few years back so this change happened because of the convergence of these three industries and uh, the way in which we have uh, leveraged it is we are not just having gis uh, uh, people uh, at Saksha. we are having core data scientists who are coming with uh, deep mathematics knowledge to, to uh, run uh, uh, build and run algorithms on this space uh, satellite imagery, uh, which was not happening earlier. So it's like an industry transformation. Okay. Uh, this is, a, I guess, a good time to ask you about uh, this overall space tech ecosystem in India. Uh, since you mentioned today, it's possible uh, for you to build a specific payload, but uh, have it right on top of uh, another company's uh, satellite because satellite as a service is emerging. So uh, give us a sense of how the Indian space uh, ecosystem is evolving today. You know, that's enabling companies like Satsure to focus on what your core business is. Correct, correct. So uh, the way I would put it is that uh, a lot of people uh, started around the same time. So I know all the entrepreneurs in the Indian space ecosystem, uh, we are all like uh, our folks in mid or late 90s we started out and uh, each one of us have focused on one part of the value chain someone is doing a launch someone is doing uh, uh, satellite manufacturing someone is focused only on uh, ground stations for example so uh, because all of us have had the journey parallelly but in different parts of value chain they have developed that expertise now if that expertise today uh, exists I don't need to go and develop that in-house I can leverage on this uh, companies as partners uh, in order to realize this. And that is what is, that is not only helping us, that is also helping the other companies, right? I mean, if we are able to uh, launch payloads, which actually generates revenues for us, we will have the demand for more and more launches. So it gives uh, uh, leeway for uh, rocket companies. It gives leeway for the satellite companies, which are, uh, you know, mushrooming here in India. Hmm. In, in terms of, uh finding customers i mean one of the things that i have uh, uh, come across is that uh, indian startups uh, still don't have uh, uh, adequate exposure to uh, global customers how do you see that changing in the space tech uh, uh, ecosystem yeah so that is that is absolutely true uh, and uh, the reason for that uh, i would say is uh, uh, somewhat uh, lack of uh, 
uh, more and more industry platforms that enable such kind of global uh, uh, you know, exposure. For example, you have a NASCOM for software product guys who are, uh, you know, creating events every other day, marketing also. It helps the startups to grow and scale, you know, network with uh, so many different people, different companies, international companies. In terms of, uh, you know, space industry, there are very few and recent industry bodies that have come up to support like CII and uh, uh, the CISPA, uh, for example. And uh, uh, that only has come after uh, the center's, uh, you know, nod and shout out that uh, space industry uh, will be uh, supported, private fit in industries especially. So, which has happened only last year. That is number one. Uh, number two, I would say, is that uh, the the space industry exposure in India to outside customers really remains somewhat low because uh, at the moment, un unless these companies grow big, because the initial support is coming from uh, Indian Space Research Organization. Uh, for some, it may be also coming from defense, by the way. So space and defense are strategic sectors. And uh, you don't want your early stage startups to be bought out by some large aerospace company from US or France, right? <laughs> so uh, mm. it is also not just uh, the, uh, the, the lack of industry platforms, but the support system in India itself is a very key strategic account. And uh, uh, it, it, it inhibits the companies to go and sell uh, actively uh, because because uh, they do have uh, do they do have a lot of opportunity to tap into in India before you know to prove their uh, to prove their competency before they can go and commercially uh, exploit uh, global markets. Hmm. Uh, again, uh, at the space tech uh, ecosystem level in India. What are the biggest challenges that uh, still remain for startups like uh, Satsure? Uh, so there are uh, certain, I mean, I wouldn't call them as challenges. These are part parcel of the business now. <laughs> so if you're working in the space industry, uh, you have to deal with complex set of regulations. You have uh, multiple stakeholders. For example, if you're launching a, a satellite, then you have to, you know, downlink the data. You need uh, telemetry, uh, telecommand, all these different licenses, DOT, WPC, then you have DOS. Uh, so InSpace was formed. Uh, InSpace is uh, the, the nodal uh, space regulatory uh, body now. And uh, uh, we do anticipate uh, some of these challenges to be uh, ironed out over, over time. But uh, uh, apart from that, I think uh, uh, there is not much other challenges, to be honest. It, it's a great time to be an Indian space entrepreneur. Hmm. Uh, I guess at a deep tech startup uh, level, funding used to be uh, a bit of a problem, especially at the growth stage. Uh, maybe that is changing a little bit and you have just raised uh, some money from bearing private equity. Uh, so tell us a bit about your funding and and your most in important investors? So, uh, we have announced uh, only bearing private equity India as our investor. We are actually closing the round. So, I can't uh, uh, disclose the total amount uh, as of as of now. But by mid of this month, uh, we'll be able to uh, we'll be able to tell you uh, who all have joined. So, I can just maybe vaguely mention that one of them is a large private bank, Indian bank. Uh, one of them is a multilateral and a few, a couple of others who are uh, early stage uh, uh, investors, uh, again, based out of India. Okay, fair enough. Uh, one quick question and a kind of a standard question. Uh, with the funding, uh, 
both in terms of developing your technology and uh, on the business operations front what are your uh, next big steps or priorities so uh, the, the proceeds of the funding that we have raised uh, will go primarily to in two directions one is to uh, grow our team which is not just the uh, not just the technology team but also a sales uh, a proper sales team so that we can uh, go and uh, explore the international markets uh, even further we are already operating in seven countries and uh, we do see that there is a very good product market fit because uh, we have essentially skipped the vc funding to get directly into pe funding so uh, <laughs> that is one and then the second part of the proceeds will go into our satellite mission uh, which is essentially our vertical integration strategy hari uh, and uh, you know both of them together uh, will end up consuming the total trace that shit okay excellent uh, a good first update for me on uh, satshot uh, thank you so much prafeep for, for making time for this and i definitely hope to keep the conversation going yes thank you hari for this opportunity and uh, all the best with the podcast That was Pratip Basu. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakli. Thank you for listening.